I'm going to compare myself to Messi real quick. Uh, so. Oh, man. That went... Shut up. We're the Doofy Brothers Podcast, presented by the Philadelphia Soccer Now. I'm AJ down in Fredericksburg, Virginia, joined by my co-host and my brother. I am Luke. I'm up here in Philly, and it is episode 137. <laughs> <laughs> I have a soundboard on my phone. This is going to be a soundboard episode. Luke, do you have a soundboard on you? Um, I'm going to say no. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, geez. All right. Well... <laughs> <laughs> I think one soundboard is enough for this episode. All right, well, whatever. So we haven't been recording in a little while, so we'll talk about um, the Miami game, which me and Luke both got to go to, uh, the yeah. Monterey win. We'll talk about the second half of the season. Uh, maybe we'll even talk a little bit about uh, Messi and a conspiracy theory. Um Throw back to the X Files. <laughs> uh, do you know what X Files are? Uh, no, I know it's a. Sh- I never. It's a show. Yeah, yeah, I didn't watch it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not your internet history. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> nice. Thanks. Um, the Miami game. Let's let's talk what it was like being there as two dudes who were there, and yeah. then we'll talk about the super awesome game that it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, for me, it was a, a, a tight window to, to get it get to the game. Um, I flew back from Paris that day, and my flight landed at five, and the game was at seven. But fortunately, AJ was coming on up and made perfect time to uh, pick me up straight from the airport, and and we got to the game with plenty of time. So it, it worked out really well. But it was it was a close call, and but I'm glad I, I was able to make it, and you were able to pick me up. Yeah, I mean, you know, fam- family comes first. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I decided, let me just leave school early and travel the four hours up. And it was like raining all drive. But, you know, like yeah. my brother flies in from Paris to come see Messi. I'm going to pick him up from the airport. Yeah. So uh, when we got there, a lot of Union fans. Well, I felt like there's a lot of Union fans on our walk to the stadium. Mm-hmm. And then we just kind of hung out outside of the stadium. And that's when I feel like we really started to see all the, the, all the pink, all the Argentina jerseys. A lot it's, of guys with like messy tattoos on their arms. I remember that sticking out. Yeah. Um, so it was definitely a cool experience. Everyone at school knew I was going. All my students knew I was going. And so the next day, uh, everyone's asking me. And all I could say was that it was a great experience and I didn't regret shooting up for the night and back to teach the next day because it was it was definitely something that felt like a different experience than just another union game mm-hmm. um you know like a kid a couple rows in front of us and we're not 
near the field at all. He's got a handmade sign asking for Messi's jersey. And I I, I just thought that was kind of cool because I was like, man, this kid, I spent 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, making this sign, dreaming that his idol is going to see it and bring him his jersey. And the kid held it up like all their pregame and stuff is. You just saw some different things that you you wouldn't normally see, of course. Yeah, yeah, it was an experience. I I will say I got frustrated on the night for a lot of reasons, and Messi fans became one of them. But it was looking back and like having some time and be able to like process it. It was like a cool thing to be part of and to see him and see all the fanfare that like he brought just organically was was pretty cool and like. Yeah, like after the game, there's like people trying to sell, you know, messy jerseys. There's messy bucket hats be trying to be sold in the lots. Like, it's weird to see other teams' jerseys getting sold in in our team's stadium's lot. But it's you kind of get it because he's a soccer god, and it's wild that's to see him in our our stadium, our little stadium in Chester, and. Just to experience that was something that, like, well, I mean, we'll obviously never forget. So it was, yeah, like, as crappy as the night felt for a lot of reasons, it was still something I, I'm glad I saw and glad to be a part of. And we'll say we were lucky that we didn't have to pay an exorbitant amount of money to be there, thanks to Doopy Dad opting in for our season tickets. Yep. Um, but that was also a big talk before the game was all the ticket prices and. Right. It's a pretty ignorant conversation, I would say, in a way, because it's also it's almost like people thought that like we were immune to the lure of arguably the most famous human in the world right now, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, I get the arguments and stuff, and obviously no one wants to pay more than they have to for a ticket, but yeah, what, what do you? back right, and right. I mean the union sold out in seven minutes and so I made the point on Twitter that if if your boss saw that you sold something in seven minutes they could come to you and say alright there's a huge demand for that you missed an opportunity to make more money Yeah. and I mean a $250 ticket could have probably been $400 and you know you, you imagine there were those conversations in the background like where they had to kind of find that line like where Mm -hmm. where are we gonna be able to sell tickets make our money our 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 due money we got here we deserve this money um without missing opportunities so so there's definitely a fine line there but yeah i mean i don't know as soon as i heard the seven minutes kind of not that i was like a huge business acumen but my first thought was like man the demand is there they could have they could have done more um, yeah and it's also and it's so it's like on that point it's also like respectable that they kept it as low as they could i uh-huh. assume um yeah right. and there's also the like uh there's the article that joe lister wrote for philadelphia soccer now about like the case he made of putting this game in the link and just like you know it's you know tens of thousands more seats and that just means so much more money if 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 like these these tickets could get sold so easily, like he just made like the business case, and like obviously I'm glad like it didn't go to link. That would make it feel weird and not what it should have been for a semifinal match for the union. But like there's such a logical case we made for these kind of things that like 
because it's just messy and everyone wants to see him and he, everyone has to see him if you're if they're like soccer fans and everything so like yeah it, it's it's a weird you know situation that, that does suck for a lot of people but like that's just kind of the reality of who he is and his allure and like why he, mls has made, has made such a big deal about him and why the world has made such a big deal about him like that's just how it works That's what people are kind of feeling. You know, the big falcon punch to the nuts when yep. they saw those prices. Yeah. Um, Fair. And then. So you want to get and, into the actual game? Uh, I was like trying to avoid it, but. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. I, yeah. Okay. Here we go. So the first, the first thing was the lineup. Yeah. And the three. The three backs, I feel like the last game against Red Bull, the three center backs were being exposed there. They mm-hmm. were being spaced out so much. Glesnus, his heels are on the sideline, mm-hmm. which means then Elliot and Lowe are covering so much more space. And then Harriel's pushed up. And not that Harriel's bad, we love him, but like, should we be pushing a center back to the sideline to push? our best one-on-one defender up the field as an offensive position. I could see it on the other side more with Wagner. Yeah. But the fact that, yeah, I didn't I didn't see that happening with Glow. He wasn't the one going out wide. And I get that Lessness is one of our top passers and stuff, but it, it was being exposed against Red Bull. So then to roll it out against Messi, then having Flock, then having Donovan, it was just... It, it just looked like so many things were not right going into this game. Mm-hmm. It felt weird lineup. Um, for Yua to be benched, I get Carranza was injured. That sucks big time. But then to bench a DP or a college kid, it just seemed like the wrong time to be doing that. Um, yeah, it, it kind of felt like Jim was trying to bunker down the first half and kind of like just hold strong and then in the second half bring out Yua and try to like punch him in the second half when that when they you know these guys got Miami got a little more tired and you know maybe that was a strategy and that was like the plan going into it but like yeah it just it felt and it yeah like it really the Karanza injury was like such a big factor because he's our goal scorer he's our creator that like without him like it this is such a more lackluster offense it really is right now that's that's kind of the scary thing it's like yeah. one player goes down and now the lineup feels like it has to be different um i mean maybe it doesn't but it, it was different um and it just felt like also we weren't going for it we were playing like we were scared yeah to go against Miami and it kind of is against kind of the whole philosophy that seems like they've been preaching over the past couple years like we want to be the best team we are the best team now people are coming after us then all of a sudden Messi enters the building and it's like okay let's just let's just try to survive and then try to pick one off in the second half it's like whoa whoa like you've been going one way, one way, one way, and then the reverse course in such a big moment with so many eyes on you. I'd say the most disappointing thing is that, um, yeah, it sucks to lose, but 
the more disappointing thing is that we played so poorly in front of so many new eyeballs. Yeah. If you're if you're a Messi fan that was watching the Union for the first time, you're probably not being converted to a Union fan after watching that. Yeah. You're just you're just bunking down, bunkering down more into the Messi camp and being like, well, MLS is is still crap, just like I imagined, and uh, Viva Messi or something. I don't know. Yeah, that was um, that was definitely really frustrating, and yeah, I, I I don't I don't know anymore much else to say. Like it just sucked because yeah, we got the Bedoya goal, and there was a you know a good you know amount of noise behind that, and like there was almost enough time to make give it that gave us like just a little bit of hope, but it was really that the third goal that was right before halftime really kind of killed any chance for us. And mm-hmm. it, yeah, yeah, it, it's just such like a missed opportunity. Yeah, like you said, like there's so many eyeballs on this team or on this game, like, and yeah, and I feel like there are a lot of like people that I'd say still would give MLS a chance because like there's you know there's a reason Messi's here. Like it's not that terrible. Like he still wants to play good soccer, but this yeah, this game was just so disappointing and. And, and the, yeah, the, the one of the weirdest things, and you know, next day I'm talking to somebody from school, um, which is cool that I've got like a handful of guide teachers at my school who come to me and talk soccer, and uh, some of my old beer buddies who like soccer. They were all saying like, "Man, like the Union looked like a better team, and the expected goals was higher by a lot, but dude, they just sucked." Yeah. And I was like, like that was not the union team that's been the team we've been watching for the past two to three years yeah and so so yeah it was just let me just yeah yeah go go my my point or my thought was like as a team as a whole the union felt like the better unit but individuals lost it with the, the main three who i was jim i think lost it in a big way um Low played bad for the second game in a row, and then Blake. I. It looked like Bendik out there. It was just he was mispositioned. He, I mean, yeah, I don't need no, to say. I, yeah, that's where I was. I was going. Yeah, like it, yeah, it was just weird. He that first goal. Yeah, Low made the mistake and misread the Joseph Martinez run, but that far post was so wide open for that Blake was just read it wrong. And then it was, yeah. Right. The yeah, and then the Messi goal, like it, it was a good shot, but maybe Blake just didn't expect it from that far out and from him, and like it was low and well placed right in the corner. But Blake just like was slow, low, like just slow to react, and maybe you could have saved that one. Um, the final goal that like didn't you know really matter too much. He like came out and unnecessarily like i feel like maybe he got in his head a lot maybe just after that first goal he got a little rattled by everything and it just threw him off the whole game but yeah that was possibly the worst game i've seen him play since that there was that one stretch of like playoff games where like he just kept misreading crosses maybe like 2019 um and we were getting a little worried about him like he just had like a couple fluky games i haven't felt this way about andre blake since then which like I guess that's good. Like you yeah. know, we're pretty privileged to have a keeper like him. But oh, yeah. this, yeah, this is such a weird, fluky, bad game. Um, I'm gonna compare myself to Messi real quick. Uh, 
So. Oh man, that went. Shut up. Um, sorry, the dog made a noise. Uh, so him scoring the goal reminded me of when I scored in the Icarus Cup, where both my goals, I was like far out, and I just kind of like shot it and was shocked at how poor the goalkeeper <laughs> handled my shot. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, okay, I just, I guess that went in. And I felt like that was a similar thing with uh, Messi's goal. Not yeah. that he was probably shocked, he knew what he was doing. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's funny. So, there you go. Um, in that first half, you go down early, and now you got the likes of Harriel being one of the most forward players on the field, mm-hmm. Flock being one of the most forward players on the field. And one of the things that stuck out to me the most, and this has been something that I've um, kind of watched and focused on throughout the year, is what I call the trust. And that's the players who I feel like the good players trust to pass the ball to while moving forward. And there's a couple times it's real evident if you watch Lesness with the ball, he will, rather than pass it to Flock, he will dribble past Flock to find the next pass. Mm. Um, and I felt like this game really highlighted that because Martinez, Lesness, Buenos made his way into what I call the trust, um, would play the ball up to Gazdag, and then Gazdag almost just would like not believe that there are any other options in front of him. Yeah, I mean, I just wait till Wagner would make his run down the wing to like pass it off there. Yeah, yeah. And so that's all I was gonna say. It's the players that are in the trust on that field right there, where Gazdag was the furthest up, and then everything was behind him. You had Martinez and Bueno, Wagner, Lesnes, and Elliot, I guess as well. But I don't think Low. That's quite fit into that yet in my mind. Um, but Bueno's broken into it in my mind. I know this is an imaginary thing. Um, but on the other side, there are guys that I just do not believe they trust to play the ball to with confidence if there's a defender within five yards. Yeah. And it hurts them because you can't give the ball to your 10, 35 yards out and have everybody who he wants to pass to behind him mm-hmm. um yeah and that's so. that was like it made it especially worse that Kronza wasn't there because i feel like guys like even trying struggles to like connect with Yua. so even in the second half when Yua came in they they don't have that kind of connection that Kronza that Kronza and Gazdag has so that link was kind of missing and that felt like the only way we would, would have been able to score more goals because and but it, but it, I don't I don't know I don't know how what else I'm trying to say but Bedoya getting in there I feel like he adds that too though like he was a guy that we've been missing for a while that does add to yep. that, that that trust and it has the ability to score goals and work with the front three whoever that whoever that may be to create more goals and he has that just that like knack and ability to to create those but yeah in this game it, and I would say, um just adding to uh McLinn when he comes in. I oh, think he has yeah. Yeah. some of the most trust, and that's been so. Just moving to a, a positive note, mm-hmm. I think it's been really cool watching how guys like Martinez is one of the most blatant 
I'm going to look you off because I don't trust you kind of guys. And he will do extra things to avoid passing to some players. But McGlynn will be standing two yards away from him. And Martinez will um, lay the ball off to him to give McGlynn the chance to play the ball forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really cool thing. Yep. Bueno's been a nice, positive addition to the midfield. I think he's um, been a bright spot despite the loss. Yeah, um, I, I think his stock rose so much this whole tournament that I feel pretty confident in him whenever we don't need to, whenever we can't play Bedoya or don't want to play Bedoya to rest him or whatever. Bueno has stepped up to pl- be enough of a quality player to fill in into, to Bedoya's role whenever we need to. And that's that's nice to have because we, we, we really didn't have that for forever. And we kept seeing like, all right, this new signing, this new signing, Andres Perea, maybe he's going to be the next Bedoya. But I feel like Bueno is actually filling that role and doing it well, which is exciting. Yep. And the last thing with the Miami game is, I will say the one player who I felt did not um, shy away from the bright lights was Martinez. Mm. Uh, and I don't think he knows any other way other than imagining all the lights are on him. But I really enjoyed, there was a few times where he... He dribbled Messi. He, he waited for Messi to play the uh-huh. defense and then dribbled around him. It wasn't, I, I believe it was twice, and that just made me happy. Um, we needed more players of his. I am uh, I am disappointed he didn't get a yellow card in this game. I expect that to happen in like the first 10 minutes, but he he kept himself in check at least. So that's, you know, a nice surprise. Yeah. Um. All right, cool. Uh... Hi. Chewbacca, right? That's good. No, that's good. Yeah, that's a good transition. Um, to I guess to Monterey. Yeah. So we ended up playing the third place game. Uh, we beat Monterey to make the Champions Cup, not Champions League anymore. Um, but that's good. That's like a a, a nice consolation prize. All right, that's great. Yeah, take that, Liga MX. <laughs> that is, it, it is cool. We played like what four Liga MX teams this year and haven't lost to any of them. So it was Atlas, Monterey, Tijuana, uh, Corretto, and we had them twice. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So I think we own North Mexico. I don't know exactly the states that are in Mexico, but I'm pretty sure North Mexico. That- yeah, that sounds right. I'm sure. Um, so, I, I didn't. I didn't watch this one. You said it looked fine. I guess Monterey had nothing to play for unless they yeah, wanted to help Leon get. They they Ooh. played a bunch of kids. Um, bueno scored before I even sat down, and there the Ua goal was sick because it was a, a McLean assist, and he just like it dumped this perfect ball right in, onto Yua's foot behind the line, and Yua just had to, like, kind of pass it into the back of the net from, like, a decent distance. So it was still, like, you know, a, he had to put the effort in. But the, the ball from McGlynn was perfect. It was, that was really nice to see. And, and getting Yua a goal is beneficial uh, in, in any way. So, and then Badui scored a swear again. So it's cool to see him, like, get into the swing of things, even though he's been out for a while. So that's there's, there's definitely positives there, even though it was a third-place game. The McGlynn pass mm-hmm. um, reminded me of the Aronson pass from the COVID Cup, that where Aronson oh, yeah. okay. 
turned and then just played a nice curling ball on the ground through the defense right yeah. onto Santos' foot. Yeah. Where Santos pretty much redirected into the goal. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that was a living highlight for Aronson moving forward. Yeah. That's what this this pass reminded me of. No, that's a good call. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I like that. All right. Um, um, I, yeah, I don't have much else to say about that. Uh, you know, good that they got the qualification. Good that they got out of this tournament without really any injuries aside. I guess aside from Kranz, even though that's one that's you know was a big effect, but he should be back soon. So it looks like we'll have a pretty healthy squad getting back into the season for the last stretch. So. You know, we have some positives, and we we kept all these games kind of kept them in rhythm more so than any of the teams that like didn't qualify out of the group stage of the League's Cup. So they they should be in a pretty good shape to finish all the season strong and have a nice playoff seed um, when that that time comes. So definitely a lot of positives, even though the there is a big disappointment against Miami. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um... Cool. Do, you, do you have any like general takes on League's Cup? Did you enjoy it? Like it was a weird new thing for everyone. So and I was like Messi like kind of stole the show, but as like a tournament going forward, do you, are you like looking forward to League's Cup next year? Um, I I I think so. I mean, I I think it was a good product. Mm-hmm. I think it was obviously boosted beyond belief with the messy sure. influx. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've been listening to the Journeyman podcast with Dax McCarty, who's so kind of hearing on it. He felt very positive about it. Uh, again, it's nice to feel positive when you play well and make it to the final. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it was a good good exhibit for MLS um, Apple got more than they could have ever imagined with this tournament with yeah, yeah. Messi winning it um, yeah, yeah yeah the PKs direct after 90 was nice and it's nice that it was the only show in town yep and that yeah there weren't other MLS games going on kind of like you kind of get lost in U.S. Open Cup sometimes because it just seems to be just random when those games are. Right. So Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. yeah. It, I think it was generally good and I think like with some like refinement it could be a, a, a pretty fun yearly tournament. Um, like obvious ones being like playing in Mexico at some point will be cool and like be an actual test for MLS, a more of a test for MLS teams and giving League MX teams a little bit more of a fair fight because that felt like a, a big factor in, in how well MLS teams did in this tournament. Um, but it, yeah, it was it was a cool experience and for the most part, pretty pretty, pretty entertaining. So more yeah, more entertaining than I could have ever ever expected when the, this whole thing was being announced. So yeah, yeah. Um, through the tournament, Union best, Union worst. Uh, best, I'm gonna go with Bueno. Um, for you know, we kind of already said that like his stock rose a lot, but that getting into your trust and um, I don't know what that is. This is white noise. 
that's supposed to be an applause. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he was fun to watch, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him and you know, the rest of the season. Who do you, who do you got? Uh, I almost just want to say Bedoya because he got healthy and worked his way back in the playing time. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, and, and I think to use the tournament to let a player like him take his time to get back where, mm-hmm. yeah, the trophy's cool, but these aren't season points. Like, that yeah. That kind of was a nice little win. Like, this is a way, yeah, we can bring him on for a little bit, but we mm-hmm. don't have to... Um, yeah, like losing to Miami didn't really matter. Like, in a grand scheme, of course it matters. But yeah, in the MLS season, none of that mattered. But what we did get out of it was, all right, Carranza got hurt. That sucks, but he'll be back. And we got Bedoya back the right way, rather than rushing him back because we were dropping points or something like that. Right. Right. Um, I would say Union worst. I would actually say probably Damian Lowe. I think I lost a lot of trust in him um, over the last last two games. I didn't. I didn't. Like I said, I didn't see the Monterey game. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think that was a good example of anything. Yeah. But uh, the last two games that I did see, I I definitely lost faith in Lowe and kind of the back three formation at this point. I'm sure they'll be able to change my mind moving forward. But that's that's where I'm at. I got you. I'm I'm still on board with the back three in in situations because yeah, I, I definitely I did miss a couple of the the league's cup games like the one you keep referencing where he played bad against Red Bull. I I didn't get to catch any of that because um, I was on my trip. But I I do think the back three has value with the guys that we have. Um, getting like bueno in kind of tighter into the middle of the field and, and stuff like that and we have good like Baizo and Wagner could are good wing backs and we have three decent center backs so in theory it it can work well with with the right guys it it, it just really wasn't the right guys in the Miami game um but I, I I get I do I get what you're saying where maybe the you know the the diamond is is the strongest formation um all right cool well, let's take a break, uh, and then after this, we'll talk about the second half of the season for the Union. We'll talk about Messi and MLS, and uh, yeah, it should be a nice, easy second half. Come back after this. Hey guys, Super Brothers Podcast presented by Philadelphia Soccer. Now, thanks for coming back. Second half of the podcast means we're going to talk about the second half of the season, and I guess it's kind of more like this third third of the season you didn't have 11 games left six of them are home currently sitting uh just behind new england tied with orlando but a game in hand um so sitting in the third spot luke any expectations do you expect us to jump up to second are you happy being in third uh behind us within Within five points, you've got seventh place, Atlanta, Nashville, Columbus, and Orlando. So five teams within five points. Oh, wait, no, there are two points within us. Yeah. Um, Sorry, yeah. Uh, so I, second place. Yeah, I, I'm i content with third. 
I'm content with third. Um, I think that that's fine to get into the, for the getting into the playoffs. I do think we have the ability to get up to second. Um, I think New England are lucky to be at that point right now. And without Petrovich, the keeper just got sold, right? So he's leaving, like he or it has left. He's not like going to stay throughout the season and then leave, right? Uh, I, I assume I, I'm asking but... the wrong person, but uh, I'm pretty sure. And it, regardless, even if he's still there, I they're a pretty beatable team, so we should probably we'd be able to jump them. They're really only three points behind them since he's probably going to be tough to beat or catch up to. So I don't really see us getting to first or being in the supporter shield race. Um, but I'm content with content with third. I, I think we could be, be second. I you know it's. It's we're, we're you know we're behind New England right above or tied with Orlando, but I feel like it's Columbus and Nash for the teams that I feel like will with the teams we're competing with for those top you know second or third spot because those are the teams on the rise and I, I don't I think New England and, and Orlando will probably fall off you know towards the end of the season because I just don't think they're as good and as informed as those other teams. So I'm a little bit nervous about where we fall between us in Columbus and Nashville, but I, I'm pretty confident in staying above fourth, you know? Yeah. Um, right now, if we keep our pace, we'll end up at about 69 points. I mean, 59 points. Um, just, I know, just short of 60, which would put us, last year, we had 67 months. Montreal at 65, and then there's a 10-point gap to third place in New York City at 55. So, mm. 60 is where we would have we would have been in third place last year for 60 points. So, gotcha. uh, kind of a long pace. Uh, for me, though, I was looking at it. doesn't seem that terrible. Uh, so, we've got D.C. this weekend. We'll talk about that in a bit. We'll both be there. Um, away to Toronto. Toronto sucks. Mm-hmm. Home to Bull. Red Bull's going to come in pissed because Curtin um, oh, has yeah. made some awesome comments about them being... Yeah, called him like, like the little brother, which is a, a pretty yeah. big move being that Philly is generally known as New York's younger brother, and also we kind of took the Red Bull system and identity, and now we're the bigger brother, and like it makes sense with the... You, you know performances and how well we've been been playing against them, but that's that's a pretty funny move that he made. Yep, that'll be a, that will be a sneaky tough one. Yeah, Cincinnati is at home, which is nice. Right, we go to Charlotte, which cost us. I will say, cost us MLS Cup last year. Um, because that's the game we lost or nothing. Cost us at least supporter shield. Supporter shield, fair. Yeah. I think if we if we had not lost that bad, we would have had home field advantage. Oh LAFC. yeah, yeah. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that too. Yep. We have LAFC at home. That's awesome. Dallas at Ooh. home. Awesome. Um, Columbus away. That's probably our toughest game left. Yeah. Atlanta home. Nashville home. And then New England away. So that's. I mean, those last four, actually, last like six games are are pretty tough. Uh, yeah, but you get, I'd say, the toughest ones at home. Yeah, uh, no, I that's feel like true. all the yeah. are at home. New England's not, a, I feel like that's not a tough road trip. DC's mm-hmm. obviously not a tough road trip, just a bus ride. Yeah. Um, 
Toronto, a road trip to the worst team in the league. Philly to Charlotte's an easy trip. Yeah, no, I'm just, yeah, Along but this it, those isn't a big. But that's a tough, tough team with the they're they're that's going to be a, a tough game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. I said that'd be the toughest one, but yeah. a lot of our tougher games are at home. Um, uh, I, I yeah, I don't know. So mm-hmm. I, I like the back half or the back third of our season. I yeah, think it sets up pretty nicely for the Union to finish pretty strongly. Uh, Eleven games. Say you win eight of them, that's twenty-four points. Yeah, it, there's going to be a uh, lot of movement. Those last four games are all against teams that are in the playoff race. So, like, there's going to be a lot of movement around the standings with between us and Columbus, Atlanta, Nashville, and New England. Like, that's that's going to be a, a race to the finish. There, that's going to be interesting. So we end with New England, who's currently in second place. So yeah. theoretically, we should be around them by the end of the season. Yeah. All right. So posing this thought. Let's say Miami makes a charge, mm. and um, we did the math earlier. Right now, with Messi, they're averaging two point twenty-seven plus twenty-two would be forty-nine points. That should be in the playoffs. Um, let me see. So last, oh, um. Last year, ninth place Charlotte had 42 points. Columbus was an eighth of 46. Orlando was 48. Miami 48. Cincinnati 49 and fifth. So, if Miami were to keep the pace, and we'll talk about Miami in a bit, um, and let's say they finished in a certain spot, do you think there might be? Um, gamesmanship, I'll call it, to avoid Miami in any way between New England and Philly? Um, I don't, I mean, no, I don't, I don't think we're going to try to like lose a game or tie a game just to avoid Miami. I don't think that'll ever happen. Um, I don't think Jim would do that. I don't think any coach would do that. Um, but it's, so wait, the eight and nine wouldn't they play the winner? The winner would play the one seed, right? Yeah, no one, no one really knows. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I keep asking you these questions, and that's wrong. But um, I'm pretty sure that the, the play in is to play against the first seed. So I think, like, I can't imagine if the if Miami makes that run, they, I can't imagine they could get above eighth. So they would have to like win the play in game, and then I, I assume in you would assume they would play Cincinnati. Uh-huh. And then we would, I assume, if, say, we're in second or third, we would be on the other side of that bracket. Right, right. So I think we're probably safe. It's a, it's a wild conversation that we're talking about, the worst pl- team making a move into the playoffs and us worrying about that. But um, that well, is, is, that is the reality still... of Messi. But it's, I, right. I, it seems like as in like the current form and like the current projection, I I think we would be pretty safe from at least like the first round seeing him. Uh huh. Now imagine if we were to run into him in the Eastern Conference Finals. What do you prefer? Should we just lose in the quarterfinals so that we don't have to see him in the semis or something? <laughs> yeah. No, we should just lose. Probably the gamesmanship we want to play. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 
that makes yeah. more sense to just lose a playoff okay. game yeah to not be in, have to play messy yeah that makes okay. yeah, yeah that's that's the way to do it yeah we solved it okay cool cool um yeah okay so does it feel like right now I was, I'm just going to kind of shift a little bit towards the messy conversation mm-hmm. Messi and Miami won against Cincinnati last night. They're in the Open Cup final against Houston. Does it feel like it's MLS versus Messi right now? MLS versus Miami. How big of a fan of you of the Houston Dynamo are you? Yeah, right it's now? it sucks because I yeah watching that game last night. You know, as much as I, I, it's tough to root for Cincinnati too because they're they're kind of felt like our younger brother and they leapfrogged us. Um, to be fair, that was a very Philly Union way to go out in the semifinal. That's true. Like, that's Pat's true. Been, Pat's been studying Jim's ways yeah, all yeah. too closely. He's yeah, um, he's in the curtain oh. coaching tree. Yeah, it makes sense. Yep. Um, but yeah, so it, I mean, if Miami can't, if if Cincinnati can't beat Miami at home, up two goals and like, going into the second half, I. I you know Houston playing against Houston at home that's Miami already has that that's that's it like they already have a double that's insane um I I'm it's it's kind of it's frustrating a bit now that like he came in and now is gonna have two trophies for for Miami like I I know I'm I'm kind of preempting that but it's it feels kind of obvious that that's gonna happen um. Unless like a, a Houston miracle happens, but I really don't I don't see that because they they're just not that good. Um, but it, it's it's weird. It's at, at you know I I can't not watch Messi. It's it's cool to see him in the league and he's obviously so entertaining. But yeah, I just want them to lose now. It's I, I you know I was texting with a buddy last night because he's getting into this and and getting into the Messi mania, but. I'm like, no, I want them to lose. I'm frustrated that he's, they haven't lost yet. And it's, it, it just makes you feel weird as like a MLS fan that like he just kind of took over and now we're trying to kind of take the league back as a, as a whole. It's, it's weird. And, and it's, and it's hard, also weird because he's a tough guy to root against. Like you've been, you were kind of tweeting out like he's pretty likable and he's, the uh, the soccer god star for a reason that like people like Busquets and Jordi Alba want to come to Miami just to play with him because he's obviously the incredible player but also just like a good teammate a good person to like be around so it's it's a weird kind of situation that like we got to boo him but you know it's cool it's cool that we had that opportunity but it's like he's also a guy that's pretty likable so it's 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 a weird situation right now that like it's it's cool but it's i don't like i feel like in our last podcast i was like kind of downplaying how good they would be and how good i expect them to be and i'm definitely eating all those words because that was completely wrong and they're killing it so it's it's a little bit shocking i don't know i i I don't know what else to say yeah oh it it it's yeah i Think, and I made a joke like, "Oh, Messi's gonna score a free kick," and be like, "Oh, you got the script early," and it, it does feel almost too much like a script. Yeah. And again, if 
if you wanted to be real, uh, you know, a real cynic on the sport, a real conspiracy theorist, um, which I'll, I'll go down that road right now. So the cost of, let's say, paying off a player to do not as well as they should against said Messi versus the payout or the amount of eyeballs for another game. So let's just say uh, Fandre Blake will just make up a goalie's name or something. Oh, oh God. <laughs> no, okay, never mind. Never mind. I, I, won't, I, won't, I, won't, I won't name players. I'll just say, let's say there's a country um, whose national team has had financial um, difficulties, okay? And they've got a goalkeeper and a center defender for a very good team. Um, it would benefit Apple to pay that country's soccer foundation a lot of money to have two said players um, do very poorly in a big game. That... Such as, okay, no, follow, <laughs> I, no. I, I'm just saying. I'm no, just saying. That, and, that and, even makes sense. Oh, wow. What if what if Apple paid Jamaica and was like, "Yo, okay. we will help, we will help fund your national team, but we need Messi to win this final." And Jamaica's like, "All right, Andre Blake, we're gonna give you a hundred thousand dollars, but we need you to play a terrible game. Low, we're gonna kick in twenty thousand dollars if you can make one mistake." Okay. Ball comes to him in a minute. He's like, "Got it, done. Made my made my bag." All right, they go. Okay, no. First of all, they no. if this is no, no, you let me, <laughs> you let me finish this because I I got it. All right, no, so then, you don't. Cincinnati's up two nothing, and Pat Noon's like, all right, I got it. I've got these two awesome defenders from the school of Philadelphia, Hard Knocks, Alvis Powell and Ray Gaddis. Well, guess what? Powell is Jamaican. Jamaica's what? like, hey, Powell. So like, I know stupid. you're close to a trophy. Um, you're one game away from a final. But here's, I know it's a semi, so here's 30000 bucks. Can you, 30000 bucks if you find a way to let Miami back into this, win this. And so, sure enough, Messi plays the ball to Campania. Who, who lost the mark? Alvis Powell. Campania scores a second goal. The rest is history. All right. Okay. First of all, if okay, there is a conspiracy you. theory, you to put holes in my theory. Why would a conspiracy theory target a federation instead of the actual paying the actual players? Like, why would Blake Low, these guys, like, make a stand and like completely derail their morals and professionalism to fund their federation, who Amen. they've been arguing against? Like, they don't actually like their foundation because they've been pushing against them to, like, actually fund these players. So, like, yeah, let's give the Federation money and lose this game for our club team. That's insane. I I saw the dots, and I just connected them. If you're not holding a pencil, I can't help you. You I connected very you. random dots. Um, I, you know, oh, we, oh, we need to be... Very <laughs> random. These three Jamaicans who all played an impact on... Messi winning League's Cup and getting to the Open Cup final. Like, I guess I, I okay, don't. You know I what? don't like this. Um, I okay. I 
I found the flaw, and you're an idiot for not seeing the flaw. It's okay. Apple, no, listen. Apple would have paid for League's Cup. Apple does not have Open Cup. There's the fallacy in my what? conspiracy. Okay. So, so Paramount Plus would have had to pay to make a, to get their defender. Okay, sorry. I apologize. You know, everything was good up until. I'm glad I I'm glad I talked myself out of that because. I had a believer in you. God, okay. I don't even know how to respond to this. Um, I I know Doopy Dad poisoned your mind because I know he was talking about Apple cons- uh, conspiring to get the Massey's head up to score all these free kick winners and, and all this stuff. But I, I, I you're, you're taking a step too far to bring in Andre Blake. And, and Doopy this. Dad said he's got the transcript. Okay, okay. Uh, but I... Yeah, it's Messi's just magic, and we have to live with this now. And and also, we get to live with this now. It's it's kind of a weird paradox where like, this could become like such a legendary time in American soccer that we're a little bit frustrated in. But like, in ten years, we look back at this time like it's gonna be wild to say that like we got to like witness all this, and hopefully we get our say and and also get to compete for these trophies and and maybe knock them off. But um. It's it is a wild time for American soccer, and I hope it's capitalized on to get a little bit more serious. I I think like this is such an incredible opportunity to like leap ahead, uh, leap so far forward as as a country of like as a you know soccer for soccer in this country that like we as much as it's annoying to cash in on Messi and like point all this media at him like if they don't do everything they can to convert fans around the country now that around the world to, to become MLS fans after he's gone, like this has been a, this would become a failure. So I, I, I think we do have to like kind of deal with all the messy mania because it, it, it could convert so many fans to liking this kind of crazy nuts league that we, that we've all been enjoying before him. So it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird kind of cool situation that we're in now and it's kind of like just are along for the ride and see where it goes yeah I guess that's uh, so I mean there I guess there's two trains of thought mine and yours yeah um, yeah um, <laughs> I, I, I want to separate my train of thought to yours <laughs> well mine comes with a tinfoil hat so yeah, well, mine comes cool. with a messy bucket hat that you can buy in the parking lots in Chester but just kidding, I didn't actually get that. I know. Yeah. Um, all right. This weekend we've got DC versus Union. One of our favorite trips last year was the famous Luke celebrating by himself fieldside. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm gonna be hilarious. back in your seat, so hopefully I can do it again. I I hope so. Another seven one, seven nothing, whatever it was. It was I think six awesome. zero, yeah. Zero. Um, I'll be there with the Bud Light boys. Oh my gosh! Um, AJ's not going to remember we'll... anything in this game. No, I'm not going home. So I, you guys have to figure out that figure that out this time. Oh, we we get, we're we're staying the night. There you go. Making it home. There you go. Um, if anyone's looking to hang out, we're going to be at other half brewery around probably two thirty. <laughs> I know we've got some friends going. Zach, Nick, those guys. Uh, Matt said he's going to be there. I've got a student who said he's going to be there. Um, should be a good time. I'm sure there'll be plenty more. 
So excited to be there with everyone and making some noise. Uh, Luke, any any expectations for this game? What lineup? What? Let me start with formation. What formation do you want to see? Um, I want to see four four two. Um, I think we're ready to just kind of lock into that. I. What I, I assume you're on board with that. Yep. Okay. I I I would say I'd want to see. Um. I want to see Bueno in the right flank, and and I don't want to. I wouldn't maybe not start Bedoya yet. And just kind of leave him as like the yeah. super sub for now, and kind of keep easing him into it. Is this should be a game we should handle? Even though DC's been tricky this year for us, like obviously, like we, um, mm-hmm. I, I actually haven't beaten them yet. We've tied them twice technically, um, so it it, it it won't be the same as last year. But I I think with a, a somewhat healthy squad and maybe uh, Baribo gets an actual, you know couple minutes to play and and um we'll get to see him and maybe Kranz is healthy enough to come off the bench at least and that hopefully that's enough firepower offensively that that we can actually get get some goals in this time um but I I think this should be a win for us and we should you know roll past DC um yeah if uh the new guy scores I might get a a reboner <laughs> okay first it's Baribo not Haribo but <laughs> nice <laughs> Um. Yeah. Uh. Sorry. Had to. The first time we have to put an explicit tag on this on this episode. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much agree. I think. Uh. If you got Bueno, gotta have McLinn. I don't think Bueno and Flock. I think it's a little redundant. You guys are a little more defensive on the the flanks. Yeah. Um. And then. Yeah. If Carranza can't go, I'd, I'd like to see. Sullivan instead of Donovan. Um, mm-hmm. As I was talking about the the trust, I don't think Sullivan's in it, but I think there is a level of trust amongst the homegrowns where I feel like they just all understand that like if I play the ball into one of these homegrowns, they've at least got the technical abilities to uh, withstand immediate pressure, mm-hmm. and that's that's something I think puts them sets them apart. Is they've just got such high technical acumen that they can be played a ball in a dangerous spot without worrying so much um even if they have to play it back rather than forward they're not losing the ball and i feel like that's where uh some of the trust is lost with some of the other players who might just not have the ability to receive the ball look up turn and do those little little technical touches that are needed in a crowd Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah so yeah i'd prefer sullivan over donovan if needed yeah um, i'm on board with that yeah any any thoughts on a predicted score i will say 3-1 union classic 3-1 i'll go i think i'm gonna go with a big one 4-0 nice i think we'll just keep our momentum at aldi field uh yeah like cool, it man like i said uh, anything else nope Great. All right. Well, like I said, uh, hit us up if you're coming down to DC. We'll be there. I'll be there nice and early. Luke will be there with Eric and her, his father-in-law. So um, maybe so. But uh, yeah, we'd love to see people down there. And uh, thanks for listening. And thanks for good being good people. Union goal.